seem like the the spaces are kind of acting up right now which is unfortunate so let me just kind of go through the structure of the talk for everyone who's listening and um, hopefully we're able to to go through it um we're going to be talking about what is babylon we'll obviously talk about the btc staking and what that entails how does btc staking help uh proof of stake chains also, we recently had the big Cosmos Hub announcement, so we're going to talk about that a little bit. And we're going to talk about the success that we've had with our Babylon uh, timestamping that we've done. And then, obviously, today the big announcement was the BTC testnet announcement and uh, what that, that holds for the future. So hopefully, uh, we're able to to do these all. Uh, I know that Sangha keeps dropping off. And um, I'm going to maybe try something, but I might have to start with the validated questions and then maybe try to get Senka to join us here in a second. So let's see here. Let me try getting him to join here one more time. Everyone else can hear me though, right? Clayton, Drake? Yep. Okay. Good. Yep. All right. I guess while we wait for him to to connect, um, if both of you uh, validators that are here present, if you could give a little quick introduction to yourselves and to your validator, we can start with uh, Clayton. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm Clayton, uh, Director of Protocol Strategy at Pigment. Uh, we're an institutional validator, um, primarily servicing uh, crypto native VCs, exchanges, custodians, uh, wallet providers, uh, as well as more traditional financial institutions entering the space. Um, and we're in the process of getting up on the Babylon test app right now. Awesome. And, and who do you have joining us, Clayton? I, I'm here with Drake, uh, who's also on the protocol team, uh, as well as Ben, uh, who's on the protocol team as well. Oh, um, I guess if Ben is present, let me know so I can pull him up here to the stage as well. Yeah, his name is Builder Benny. All right, let me see if I could see him. Builder Benny. Okay, while we're doing that, can you go ahead and um, introduce yourself? Um, and I'm not even going to try to butcher your name. How do you pronounce Evgeny? Evgeny? Uh, Evgeny is the correct one. All right, thank you. That's fine. Uh, I'm Evgeny, uh, co-founder of NutsGuru. We are a non-custodial uh, validator and staking provider. Been in the space for a few years now. Um, validating major ecosystems. And... Um, what we've been doing with Babylon are been testing since the early stage of the timestamp timestamp testnet, and uh, been working since then closely. And here we now with the new with the new stage. 
Awesome. We're so excited to have uh, both of you among the 60 validators that are starting up this test net with us. Uh, really excited to have th such big names and huge people here in the ecosystem. So really excited about that. Thank you guys for joining us today. Thanka, can can you hear us now? Can one of you guys, um, oh, he just jumped out again. I just think he's having issues. So I'm just going to start directing my questions towards yours guys and then see if um, he's able to get that figured out. Um, so let's start off with the first validator question that we have and um, who, whichever one of you can answer it. Um, and I'll, we'll, I'll give an opportunity for both of you to, to answer it. And it's um, as one of the very first validators, how do you see Babylon's protocol impacting security and functionality of the proof of stake chains? I can take this one. Okay. So that's a good question. And uh, I'd say that like maybe the major factor here is for us, our vision is the market capitalization of Bitcoin, which can be reused as a security factor for, um, let's say, consumer chains. And um, it should also open the doors to many new users into the Cosmos ecosystem, into Cosmos apps, wallets. That's the, the big one. Also, what, what we are doing here is for holders of Bitcoin, will get new opportunity to use their assets finally and uh, get some like, extra rewards on that in the secure way. And like in terms of functionality, I I think I think we can call the addressing the the, the big problem of the POS systems, the unbonding. Uh, we can call it the functionality uh, for stakers, basically rendering the staking process kind of trustless, let's say. You'll be not required to hold your assets in the particular network for a long period of time, which is 21 days in the default Cosmos networks. And uh, I think that's a big one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Clayton, same question for you. If you need me to repeat it, I, I can be happy to do so. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think the interesting thing from a developer perspective is uh, giving more choice or, or preference and the type of security that, that people can leverage and improve stake ecosystems. Um, generally, I, I mean, traditionally, it, it was impossible to, to leverage native Bitcoin as security. Uh, but, you know, th there's plenty of people with, within the, the, the crypto community who would would love to leverage uh, the security of the largest uh, network in the space. Although, unfortunately, that that hasn't been a possibility until Babylon. Um, I think, from our perspective as an institutional staking provider, um, you know, we work with large asset managers, custodians, etc. Uh, one of the untapped markets that you know a, a lot of these large holders hold is is, is Bitcoin, right? And, and being able to offer. Um, them the ability to to earn on that Bitcoin and and you know on the Bitcoin network uh, without having to go through some centralized you know lending protocol you know to to receive an APY on 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 their on their Bitcoin is is very interesting for us. But I, I think overall from a from a developer perspective, it's just having more flexibility and, and security preferences um, similar to any other restaking protocol that's in the space, although the unique advantage to Babylon is that it's leveraging native Bitcoin. Yeah, that that's 
definitely what we're excited about it as well. And so we're glad that you guys share the the same vision and the same things that make you excited about it. This is what we've been excited about doing for a long time. I think I hear Sanka, so I'm going to go ahead and try to ask Sanka a question and let's see what happens. Uh, Sanka, can you hear me and can you speak? Yeah, perfect. I can hear yeah. you. Can you yes, guys? We can okay. hear you. Perfect. So Sanka, uh, what is the primary objective of Babylon's protocol in relation to the blockchain technology? Awesome. Uh, and thanks uh, again uh, for both our validator friends kind of putting a lot of good work for Babylon. So the whole team has been working for almost two years to get us to where it is. So it's really um, kind of really exciting to hear the the market feedback coming from validators. So uh, the primary excitement, which I feel as one of the users and protocol engineers inside Babylon is uh, basically in 2024, we have these two different worlds in blockchain. So there's a proof of work which is, uh, you know, as the market is growing, Bitcoin is already a trillion dollar asset, and then there's proof of stake. So if you look at the whole like market capitalization of blockchain, I would say that Bitcoin would still be like in the range of 55% of the market cap. So both these ecosystems, they have been kind of operating on a silo manner where a Bitcoin has been kind of kept with this narrative of store of value, don't touch it, don't try to do too much innovations. And then proof of stake has been kind of the the, the battleground for smart contract innovation. Uh, so one aspect which I think our co-founders David and Fisher looked at was in proof of stake, you could be a passive investor. What that means is let's say you just hold a token and you stake it. Um, generally staking has been mostly delegated proof of stake where smart people like Clayton and Evagni has been kind of running these big validator companies where their performances in terms of the fidelity of the infrastructure is rock solid. So stakers have kind of been able to become this like passive investor, uh, you know, make your assets grow as you're sleeping. Whereas Bitcoin holders, they have not had this opportunity of being a passive investor. So they, uh, if they are not miners, fundamentally, if you're holding Bitcoin, you're subject to price pressure. And if the market goes up or you buy into this limited supply narrative, uh, then you're just holding this asset in the hope that eventually it's going to be somewhat of a different price than where you bought at. So one of our objective at Babylon is really to bring this passive investor utility back to Bitcoin so that now you're bringing a completely different set of investors who look to invest in assets, which has some kind of yield potential, right? And we felt that staking, uh, if you're willing to take this slashing risk, uh, is almost the risk-free rate in proof-of-stake systems. So we identified that a lot of young chains and even chains which are medium market cap, they have an issue of security bootstrapping where they tend to pay too much to bootstrap their security. And that's where uh, Bitcoin capital could be very disrupting. So ideally, the, the premise which Babylon is trying to achieve is we want to bring this passive investor mindset to Bitcoin holders so that if they're buying Bitcoin, they have a yield potential attached to it. And on top of that, the risk they're taking 
Traditionally on POS, that has been the minimal risk which an operator can take compared to other risk which is out there in POS. Thank you, Sanka. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the evolution of where we come from because when we first heard David at Cosmos, Cosmoverse in Colombia, we were talking about timestamping. So I want to talk about the evolution from timestamping into what now we're talking about Bitcoin staking. Could you kind of uh, talk to us a little bit about that evolution? Yeah, sure. Um, so David uh, is a professor at Stanford. Uh, uh, he's a uh, his most of his career has been spent as an information theorist. He has pretty much achieved everything what's possible in that domain. He's a Claude Shannon winner of that prize. Uh, so around 2019, David uh, started doing research on consensus algorithms, and the timing is important because that's when the Ethereum Research Foundation was heavily looking into the migration of Ethereum as a proof of work into a proof of stake. So Ethereum had a very a famous paper called Casper where they were basically giving the whole journey of how Ethereum would move from a proof of work to proof of stake. And part of these research problems, open edge cases, came to David's lab at Stanford. And that's where uh, David found how Ethereum was planning to use this checkpointing algorithm uh, to use as a security measure to migrate from proof of work to proof of stake. And it kind of intrigued his interest a lot. So he, along with our co-founder, they started working on understanding that how Bitcoin, which is the most trusted source in blockchain in terms of history of Bitcoin and censorship resistance, that how this resource can be used for checkpointing uh, POS chains. And why this is an open problem is in POS systems, there is something called a long range attack where uh, basically what the word long range attack means is that if a validator unbonds and he has significant amount of capital attached to him, as he unbonds, there is a chance that he can go and create another replica of the chain. So that can confuse the new delegators. So to prevent that the validator does not get the money immediately, there is a social consensus period in case of Cosmos that's 21 days, um, some other chains it's 10 to 15 days. So this social consensus becomes a capital inefficiency for the validator because once they lock their token, um, even they, let's say half an hour later, they want to unbond, they're stuck with that unbonding period. So using checkpointing, the Babylon, which we call in Babylon, um, Bitcoin timestamping. So if you are recording the history of the proof of stake blockchain's evolution on Bitcoin, you actually don't need this social consensus of 21 days, and you can actually let the validator unbond within a day. So we have been able to successfully prove this uh, on an osmosis governance proposal, which was passed with like 99% majority, that we reduce this unbonding period uh, from 21 days uh, to 18 hours on osmosis. So the timestamping is a very important feature uh, for proof of stake chains on Cosmos, where they can use our timestamping to reduce this duration of social consensus of 21 days. Thank you, Sanka. Um, could you talk and explain a little bit more about 
the Bitcoin staking, like can you explain it and flesh it out? Right. Yeah. So, so we started with this feature called Bitcoin timestamping. So what was the next feature we developed is Bitcoin staking. So the reason was that when we built this Bitcoin timestamping, our idea was that, okay, we're going to let POS chains timestamp on Bitcoin. And as a result, we can help their validators unbond a lot faster than the social consensus period. So we looked back into the Bitcoin chain that who benefits from this architecture. And fundamentally, we found that because we are doing checkpointing on Bitcoin, so we are increasing the fees on the Bitcoin blockchain. And as a result, we're just benefiting the Bitcoin miners with an increase in transaction fees. But Bitcoin as an ecosystem has two big operators, the miners and the holders. And we were not including the holders. And that's when the initial idea was that how do we involve both these operators in the ecosystem? And that basically gave rise to the Bitcoin staking design where whoever has Bitcoin, whether it's the miner or whether it's the holder, they can lock their Bitcoin. And once they lock their Bitcoin on the Bitcoin chain, so the Bitcoin never leaves the Bitcoin blockchain, we're using a staking script which has two parameters where you can, if you're a Bitcoin holder, you come in and you can choose the amount of time you want to stake, the duration, and you can also pre-sign that if this capital, which you are locking on the Bitcoin chain, gives voting power to a POS chain, if, whether it's you or the validator, you are delegating this voting power, double signs on the POS chain, then, your Bitcoin would get slashed. So we, for the first time, have brought in this word slashing to proof of work. So I'll stop here, um, but happy, Eric, if you want me to go a little deeper on this. No, I, I think that's great. And I think this is what's gotten people so excited, which kind of leads me to what I wanted to talk about next, which is um, people are just really excited about Babylon, and we had a really big announcement that came up. So I wanted you to talk a little bit about the recent announcement we had with the Cosmos Hub that you had a, a very integral part in that, actually. So um, I, I know that it's something that's dear to your heart and something that you're really happy with. So I wanted you to talk a little bit about that announcement we had a few days ago. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, so so when we went to, uh, you know, we had a fundraising round last year. And one of the key questions which we got from the investors, uh, which is, I think, a very legitimate question, that let's say you design this protocol, do you really have any demand? Would anybody buy into getting Bitcoin security compared to native token security? Even though we were in a bear market where this narrative should have been a lot easier to sell. So we went very deep into understanding Bitcoin holders' behavior. So there is a term where is like in Bitcoin is like not your keys, not your Bitcoin. So Bitcoin holders are extremely risk averse in uh, thinking about delegating their Bitcoin, even though the Bitcoin lies on the Bitcoin chain, any kind of yield opportunity, they're very uh, risk averse in taking this slashing premium. So as we studied the holders behavior, one of the things which struck out for us is initially when we want to bootstrap this chain, 
the type of yield and the type of token which is getting this security matters a lot. So if you're kind of going and getting blue chip yield, the Bitcoin holder would rather like this yield and he would be open to have a vesting criteria because he thinks that this token is going to last for the next 20 years versus if we have someone buying the security demand whose lifetime is six months or nine months. So Cosmos, we had a Cosmos L1 chain. So the immediate asset which came to our head was Atom. And we felt uh, there was a Prop 848 proposal which came out where um, the proposal meant that they wanted to reduce the inflation pressure which gives to the Atom stakers. And we felt there was like a perfect opportunity for us that the Bitcoin holders are way, are very comfortable at a lower inflation yield if the asset is a blue chip token. And second, Atom itself is probably the first app chain post Bitcoin. So there was a lot of interesting natural alignment with um, that big Atom holders and uh, Bitcoin holders. They think that uh, Atom the renting security from Bitcoin has not just a narrative alignment, but it, it goes back where it started. So, yeah, so uh, I feel very excited about it. The key aspect here is we think Bitcoin holders are going to hodl these uh, consumer chain assets if these consumer chain assets are blue chip tokens. Thank you, Sanka. Uh, I want to ask uh, the validators another question since, you know, we've been giving you a lot, Sanka. Um, so I wanted to ask you guys, what in Babylon's approach involving using Bitcoin has made it where um, it's made sense to use it as a proof of work, as a security layer? So um, does it align with your own experiences as a validator? Um, just the, the approach you're seeing through Babylon or has it made you question things? Just Just curious as to your take on that. I think to be honest, um, you know, our preference comes from our customers first. Um, and as long as what we're doing on a chain uh, can be argued that is, you know, we are acting in a non custodial way. Um, you know, if you look at proof of stake uh, as a consensus me mechanism, really it didn't take off until 2020. Uh, and, and DeFi and on chain activities at scale really didn't take off till then as well. Uh, the, the majority of the folks that, that we work with on chain are what you would call, quote unquote, institutional token holders. And and they're very risk averse and, and they really want to know where their assets are. Uh, can they unbond them? Who owns the keys to the validators that are running? What are the slashing parameters, et cetera? Um, and I think the interesting thing about Babylon, especially when thinking about this institutional token holder group, is, is that the Bitcoin always sits on the Bitcoin network. Uh, when you look at other derivatives or, or versions of Bitcoin, um, you know, have their pros and cons, but, you know, they're, they're either wrapped or they're bridged, et cetera. Um, and, and that really limits the amount of people that would be interested in it from a, a, a risk perspective. Um, you know, now my my now I don't just need to trust uh, the, the Bitcoin network and, and my validator that I'm delegating these assets to. I also need to trust a bridge or a wrapper, et cetera. And I think you know, from our perspective at engaging with these, you know, larger custodians, et cetera, that's the most interesting part about Babylon compared to other restaking protocols that we've seen in the space associated with Bitcoin. All right. Thank you, Clayton. Same question for you. Yep. 
Um, so in terms of alignment, well, I agree with Clayton that customers come first where they want it to be, then they're there to serve. And in terms of alignment, we see a lot of um, similarities with what Babylon is attempting to do with uh, Bitcoin staking and the shared security built on this. We see uh, similarities with the eigenlayer, which we run testnet for, uh, which is using like the huge market of ETH staking to bootstrap like new side chains, new networks and apps called AVSs. And uh, interestingly, interesting fact that there is one AVS working on implementing ETH restaking security for Cosmos chains called ETHs. So it's like interesting to see how different teams and approach this shared security, let's say, trend and ideas. But Babylon is outstanding here as it's the only one working on the Bitcoin part. And, um, well, it's interesting for us as validators that we can reuse the proof of work power, this is the computational work which is happening in the Bitcoin chain without uh, interacting with mining, right? We can just run our nodes as usual, the validators, and uh, combine the security of stake and the computational proofs. So, yeah, this brings the Bitcoin the second life, basically. Thank you. Now, I know Clayton had a 30-minute window, so I want to thank you, Drake, for, for staying on. Um, Senka, I, I wanted to ask you the next question. Um, could you like in a way that'd be easy for us to understand, could you highlight the limitations with the current approaches with proof of stake um, security that maybe prompted the team to look uh, into Bitcoin as a staking protocol? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so I wanted to first uh, maybe give a little bit of uh, understanding of uh, what is the rent which is generally paid in securing anything? So um, if you come from Web2 um, and there are a lot of businesses which run data houses and these data houses are kind of uh, securing the data or something, um, generally the, 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 the payment you make for such security is actually very low. So, so, so you don't pay a lot for security because we are in a framework where we think that security is kind of obvious. So we, we generally just pay for the utility. But if you take that framework in Web3, in Web3, we tend to pay a lot for security and that security is generally the inflation budget. So um, specifically in Cosmos, a very interesting stack is like, 80 or 85% of Cosmos assets are staked. And one of the main reason why it is the case is Cosmos does not really have any significant economic activity, uh, which probably with Celestia and DYDX, it's gonna start changing. So because these kind of ecosystem, what happens is you're paying so much for security that people just buy your token and stake and they're some kind of getting like some kind of passive reward for staking. But this behavior is very contrarian to the behavior which we see in Web2, where the cost for security is very minimal and uh, the economic activities rent is actually a lot higher. So uh, why uh, 
what actually Babylon brings in is Babylon thinks that, let's say, five or 10 years down the lane, when you have like global blockchain economies, majority of the rent which these economies are going to be extracting is going to come from the work economy, meaning the utility these economies are going to provide. And they're not going to pay a lot for their security. And this is where Bitcoin security is actually going to be a very important disruptor because Bitcoiners, as long as it's safe and the Bitcoin does not leave the Bitcoin chain, uh, they are going to be okay with making uh, a 2% or a 1% yield on trillions of dollars of economy than uh, a native token where um, you probably still have to pay a lot more uh, inflation to make the volatility premium because the volatility of a native token is going to be way higher than a Bitcoin volatility. So, so for most economies on proof of stake chain, uh, if we can roll out Babylon in a very high fidelity manner, uh, they would like um, these kind of security bootstrapping uh, to imitate uh, the security bootstrapping in the Web2 areas where people pay very little for security. Thank you, Senka. Now, I wanted to ask our validators, um, which aspects of Babylon's protocol to you made it attractive as an attractive solution for proof of stake chains network security uh, for you to participate on? So was there any certain aspect of it that, that really spoke to you or what really piqued your interest? Yeah, I think this is something Clay was speaking a little bit about previously, but in terms of just, um, you know, the sorts of questions that we frequently get from our uh, investor and custodial partners, um, kind of where is the Bitcoin actually sitting tends to be high up there. And uh, we, we were really excited about Babylon Chain's approach to that. Everything staying kind of native on Bitcoin, um, you know, with timestamping as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think, again, responding to some of that demand was part of it. And then just the experience team, um, uh, we were just confident in, in how this protocol was built. Yep, um, I agree with Drake, like the timestamp and is probably the crucial part here as it solve, solves this unbonding problem, the long unbonding problem, which is crucial for many individual stakers, studios. But um, at the same time, uh, we are at the stage of, uh, of this Bitcoin staking, which is basically enhancing the security of chains and knowing that some new chains will be working with uh, Bitcoin restaking and uh, Babylon protocol. It will like affect our decision and uh, enhance our, let's say, uh, it will enhance the security of the chain and affect our decision to run the validator on it. And at the same time, stakeholders will be more um, more easy to decide to, to join the new protocol. So that's the way the Babylon affects the POS chains. Yeah. Uh, now, I, I was wondering, do you guys see like what we do as something that can be a, a benefit or a challenge when you are trying to implement our protocol with other proof-of-stake networks that you validate on? 
Yeah, I think so far things have, you know, been been pretty smooth. Um, you know, we're pretty familiar with operating uh, Cosmos and Comet BFT chains, um, both, you know, kind of critical components of Babylon's design. Um, you know, I think on top of the like Bitcoin security layer, things have been relatively easy as like a validator operator so far, which has been great. Love to hear that. <laughs> yeah, and uh, well, so far, as uh, Drake said, it, it's been smooth. We had some obstacles, some polishing on the talks on the, the onboarding process, but uh, overall it's all good. And uh, in terms of uh, implementing or adopting this technology to other chains, I guess the modularity was, uh, is uh, still one of the key factors for everyone. And uh, if it can be introduced as easy as a Cosmos SDK model and reused in the future chains, it will be just as smooth as everything else we have now yeah. as other models. And Senka, I, I kind of wanted to ask you the same question. What do you what do you think would be a benefit or challenge that our validators are going to have implementing our protocol to other networks that they're on? Uh, like what would be a challenge? Yeah, or a benefit. What, what do you think it would lean on? Either or or both. Um, yeah, so, so I think the first thing is I feel like the Cosmos validators are extremely sharp. And I would say like... Um, you know, like with both Figment and me uh, in terms of like, um, I, I just feel like Cosmos validators are like the best in art. So maybe the closest I can think of is Solana validators. Um, so I kind of feel like um, for us, it just has to make economic sense for them. And also like, I think a lot of these validators, they have built like institutional reputation in terms of like their AUM delegated to them. So we just need to make sure that, um, you know, they know exactly what they're getting into. So there are two things which we have been working actively. So we have actually had a partnership with Cubist and Cubist um, is uh, basically a Silicon Valley startup. Um, it's kind of funded by quite a few big VCs. And what they're trying to work with us is, um, that if there is any um, like like by mistake uh, behavior from a validator, then uh, they don't get slashed. Like sometimes there are some like weird scenarios where the validator has really not done anything and he gets slashed. And here, because they're gonna get Bitcoin delegation, um, the Bitcoin crowd is probably gonna be way more risk averse than the native crowd. So, uh, So I think, a lot of the validators who are going to be on our testnet, uh, they probably are going to interact with Cubist. Cubist is actually also working with us in protocol uh, to make sure that this uh, in-protocol slashing uh, is really managed well and we're taking the best design practices. Um, and the second part would be that right now, just for Babylon Chain, the way we have designed the slashing, or I would say the Bitcoin signing, is we have actually a two-step process. So we have the Babylon validators, uh, which first uh, kind of sign and confirm the block. And then on top of them, the Bitcoin delegator validators, which we call finality provider, they come and do a second round of finality. So it's a little bit of like a tranched behavior. And the Bitcoin validators are actually looking at the Babylon finalization 
uh, to make sure that everything is okay and only then they are doing their own signature. So I think there's in terms of like a risk management, uh, we have thought about this design quite a lot uh, in coming up with this design as like the go-to-market design. But in future, there will be other consumer chains where there are already some ideas that we don't want a two-step signing, meaning first Babylon and then Bitcoin. We might want joint signing, meaning Bitcoin and the native token signers come together. So there's a lot of like research aspect which David is working on, but we'll take it case by case. But just to go to market with the Babylon chain, uh, the Cubis partnership and making sure that it's tranched would give the validators a lot more solace that we're doing it very systematically and also making sure that uh, we make sure that their reputation is still kept at the same level at which they bring to Babylon. Yeah, personally, I really love that. Just it shows that we really care about our validators and our users. And so, you know, we we do want them to feel safe and comfortable whenever they're digging their Bitcoin. So I, I love that we're taking those steps. Now, I know like lately, like the big buzzword has been modular. And so um, we know that the space, and the, you know, generally in crypto, there's a lack of interoperability when, it, when, we think, when we think about crypto as a whole, the whole ecosystem. So how do you think that the lack of interop interoperability has contributed to security challenges that are faced by proof of stake chains. Um, how does Babylon's modular and adaptable protocol design contribute to the integration with these various different security challenges that these proof of stake chains uh, face? Mm -hmm. uh, I guess this is for me. Yes, right? yes, I go. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I would separate the word modular and interoperable in completely two different domains. Um, I think interoperable in my head is like, let's say you're, um, you're launching a token, let's say you're launching an LSD on DYDX, as well as you're launching an LSD on Osmosis. And now these LSDs of Babylon, uh, they don't kind of, they're not standardized, so they can't be brought into a pool. They're not interoperable. So that leads to like fragmentation of liquidity, user behavior. Modular is something that that if um, if our consensus, which we are bringing from Bitcoin delegation, um, if uh, the native token suddenly doesn't want this consensus, um, now do they have to go back to Genesis and they can't do anything with this history of as long as they have had Bitcoin delegation. So these two are a little different terminologies. So to start with on the modular side, I think the Babylon design is heavily modular. And the reason we kept it modular is we think that every chain as they evolve, they are going to have decision-making power from the governance of what is the amount of Bitcoin delegation what kind of cap should they increase the Bitcoin delegation? Should they reduce the Bitcoin delegation? So having the modularity really gives the governance back to the POS chain so that they can decide what's best for them. So we, we really believe in that. Uh, we here uh, have adopted like this neutral control plane approach where we are bringing Bitcoin. Uh, it depends on every chain to decide what's good for them, how much, how much of this should be given to their native holders. And um, 
In terms of interoperability, uh, I think we are kind of actively working right now inside the Cosmos ecosystem um, that whatever designs we are thinking, whether it's LSDs, whether it's even creating capital efficiency for the locked Bitcoin, that these uh, new financial primitives, they're interoperable so that um, they can be available on any DEX within uh, within Cosmos and um, they can be using the IBC standards. I think there's a lot of work also between Cosmos and Ethereum. So hopefully some of these financial primitives could also be available on Ethereum through Acceler. All right, thank you, Senka. Now I'll uh, direct a question to the validators. Evgeny, um, as Babylon introduces new dynamics to the crypto ecosystem, how do you see this affecting your strategy as a validator and other for other stakeholders? Well, uh, honestly, I don't think this can affect uh, existing ecosystem chains and uh, other projects we have now, but it will definitely affect the approach we do and factors like we take into account when we approach new projects and uh, or business stuff, let's say. and. Uh, it will definitely um, will affect the uh, the distribution of power in the in this space, and uh, I I think it will take a lot of time to get settled, as we still see interchain security on the Cosmos chains being used on just couple in couple cases. So, yeah. All right. Thank you, Drake. Same question. Yeah, um, you know, for for Bitcoin holders, I think this really changes how people think about you know how what they're actually doing with their tokens versus just like a digital rock strategy. Um, we talked a little bit about how staking becomes sort of like a risk free rate almost in the market. Um, so from the, you know just token holder perspective, I could see it changing things a little bit there with folks looking to get some additional yield. Um, you know, as a validator, I'm, I'm pretty excited just to see what kind of new proof of stake um, networks are built, leveraging Babylon chain, leveraging Bitcoin security. Um, I definitely think it'll be interesting to see, you know, what pops up and uh, what validators decide to opt into, not opt into um, as more things come to market. Awesome, thank you. Thank uh, uh Now I had my next question is for you. Um, do you think there's any implications from our protocol with a broader e cryptocurrency ecosystem? Yeah, definitely. That's a great question. Um, so I would say like Babylon, the Bitcoin staking is uh, in my head, it's a zero to one innovation. Um, you're bringing a massive utility to Bitcoin. Uh, however, you're also changing the dynamics of the POS security bootstrapping framework. Uh, POS frameworks have been constantly bootstrapped with uh, their own token. Here, for the first time, you are bringing external capital and it's high quality capital in the form of Bitcoin. So I think uh, one aspect which the whole ecosystem, whoever is working with Babylon has to understand is that as the design gets more accepted widely in the crypto ecosystem, there's gonna be a lot of designs 
which would try to come in and create leverage on this design. And I think I would just quote here that when Eigenlayer came out, uh, Vitalik wrote a very famous blog that he would not like the consensus of Ethereum to be crowded. And there was a little bit of, I don't know if it's a constructive debate between the Eigenlayer team and Vitalik to make sure that um, that Eigenlayer is not trying to go and um, kind of create leverage on Ethereum consensus. So here on our side, we are not, um, we like the good thing is Babylon is a POS chain. Uh, Bitcoin is a POW chain. So we don't really have an inherent leverage like Eigenlayer. However, um, as we get more widely accepted, I could see a lot of designs coming up where they would like to lever up uh, this design to create more capital efficiency. And those are the risks I think we have to make sure that uh, we have a, a proper like governance forum for ba Babylon, uh, where the debates on these kind of leverage risks are properly thought out. 100%, that's something that's very common in, in the cosmos. And so I, I definitely think that we need a platform or forum like that. Um, this next question is going to the validators. Uh, Drake or Benny, thank, Benny, thank you for joining us. Um, what are your thoughts on the potential for future regulation changes that will impact the, the autonomy of validators? Yeah, so I, I think that we've definitely been getting more questions in the last few months from some of our institutional customers just about where our infrastructure is actually you know, located at. Um, more and more folks are kind of cognizant of uh, ongoing suits with infrastructure being located in the states. Um, so it's something we're watching closely, uh, and and you know, doing our best to to operate um, in a compliant fashion um, in relevant jurisdictions. So I, that'll continue to be um, a topic of discussion this year. You know, with new token launches, we've seen uh, more aggressive geo location fencing. For Celestia's airdrop. Uh, I don't think that's going away anytime soon in the states, unfortunately. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think really, you know, staking and validator services generally. There's a couple of court cases that uh, we just need to see get played out in the U.S. Um, other jurisdictions have been more favorable, so I wouldn't be shocked to see more um, net new protocols get launched outside of the U.S. I, I think too, just, just to add on to what Drake said, um, you know, I think, I think Ethereum is an interesting kind of case to look at. I mean, you look at, you know, it has one of the most developed MEV landscapes um, and you can see some of the things that have happened there. So, you know, like um, the OFAC compliance and, you know, what relays are doing on Ethereum. Um, and, and that's, that's just out of the U S of course. So, there are obviously lots of other jurisdictions with lots of other concerns. Now that's specifically on MEV, but you know, as Drake mentioned, there's it's there's a broad spectrum of things that could potentially be regulated. Um, and you know, hopefully other jurisdictions don't take a page out of out of the US's book, where it seems like um, at least for a period, there's lack of clarity but but tons of enforcement. So um, you know, I think this is just one of those challenges, one of the pain points for for the space where it's just one of those things that you know regulators are going to weigh in one way or another hopefully the idea is to provide guidance and clarity rather than just bringing enforcement actions but you know who knows and who knows you know in other jurisdictions what this is going to look like 
yeah, and well, I can add that in terms of Babylon and having BTC involved in this uh, process, uh, well, we have a lot, maybe a number of huge BTC holders based in the US, such as Foundry. And uh, this may attract more attention of regulators into the POS space and uh, have, let's say, domino effect here. But like overall, I personally don't see it coming in the foreseeable future, any uh, regulation, regulationary problems in this space. And we still have a lot of jurisdictions where staking is a good place to have a company registered in, let's say. And uh, for us individually, for Guru, we have decentralized uh, infrastructure, both geographically and uh, in terms of companies providing the hosting services. So I don't see problems coming. But from the protocol perspective, like even if we have couple validators having, let's say, problems or some cases with the regulators, we can always uh, see stakers moving to other validators and uh, keeping the protocol secure and safe and uh, autonomy, autonomous. So I see positive, uh, I have positive expectations in this. Thank you. And, and y'all, all three you brought up some great points. The geofencing, uh, definitely everyone asking where your servers are at, you know, where do you have your, your bare metal, like all, all that stuff goes into effect. So uh, yeah, th those are all things that, that do affect it. Uh, Senka, I, I did have one more question before we wrap it up. Uh, we're getting close here to the end. Um, sure. I was hoping that you could kind of talk a little bit about how emerging technologies in the blockchain space could complement or compete with what our solution is. Mm -hmm. um, so I think one thing we didn't talk about is um, over the last three months, um, Babylon has actually got a lot of demand and love from the layer twos on Bitcoin. And so we see that uh, a lot of the layer twos, they have to use Bitcoin for their data availability. And, um, and so one of the immediate requests, which most of the Bitcoin L2s are coming to Babylon with, is that they think that if we have sufficient amount of Bitcoin staked, um, then we might be able to offer security and a lot faster finality than, than Bitcoin, because most of these layer twos are somewhere between 300 to 500 million. If they have even a billion dollar of security covering them, that's the most they need. They don't need like $500 billion of assets. So we find um, that Babylon is not just going to be renting security to POS, but there seems to be a demand in the in the L2 space on Bitcoin. Um, in terms of competition, I think if we see in crypto anything which is good, uh, you will actually have uh, you know other products trying to come and capture a part of that market. So for us, I would say is right now, we, we think that we have a little bit of a head start to the competition because um, the staking script, some of the designs of one-time extract signature to conduct slashing, these are pretty, um, these are basically done by us. So if anybody just copies it, people know that they're just copying Babylon. However, um, as the Bitcoin blockchain 
uh, upgrades certain um, staking architecture, sorry, script architecture, like there are some upgrades which are pending on Taproot. Also the ordinals community is pushing for a lot of upgrades. So with all these new upgrades, I think there will be more innovative slashing mechanisms which can be implemented. And I think that's where, um, you know, either we do it or a new protocol is going to come, which is going to be able to uh, innovate on the slashing signatures, which is going to be able to innovate on like dual quorum um, capital and everything. So I think those are the, I would say like, once the Bitcoin scripting uh, language upgrades, there's going to be more room for innovation. And whether it's Babylon or a new team, they would be able to capitalize on this kind of initial design momentum, which we have set. Thank you, Senka. Um, so I, I, we will wrap it up here really soon. I just want to thank Senka for you know giving your time to be able to enlighten us a lot about Babylon. Um, for a closing remark, I wanted to ask the validators, if you guys have any words of wisdom for other validators who want to join the Babylon staking protocol testnet, uh, what would you give them as, a, as advice? Yeah, um, I think, first of all, and that's a must, uh, take a real dive into the technology and what's Babylon doing, how exactly it works, the timestamping, the Bitcoin staking, follow the David, uh, what, what David is doing and um, what he is working on. That's really interesting. And uh, in terms of engaging with the team, engage with the community, the Babylon community, with other validators, try to to find the, the sweet spot, like where you can fit and contribute. And yeah, I'll, we're waiting for you to join Babylon at the later stages. <laughs> Thank you. And Benny and Drake, is there any words of advice you'd like to give other validators? No, I think that's great. Um, you know, we've, we've seen the process. Uh, we found it to be pretty straightforward. Um, documentation on Babylon's site. Um, you know, check out the white paper, check out the timestamping paper and, you know, engage with the, the community and the team on Discord and, and Slack. Um, yeah, we found it pretty straightforward so far. All right. Well, I want to thank both of you or all three of you and tell Clayton that I'm also thankful that he gave us uh, some time here for joining us. This was the first space we have with our new BTC staking testnet and along with you validators and we'll be having more in the coming weeks. Uh, next week, a lot of the team members will be at East Denver, so we're really excited uh, being out there and hosting some of the events out there. So just thank you, three, for joining us today. Thank you, Senka, for being here. And just uh, until next time, thank you, everyone. Thank you, everyone, yeah, for inviting. And uh, it was a pleasure to talk to you and uh, to the community. And see you on the later stage. Yep, see ya. Thanks, y'all. Cheers. Motherfuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey. What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve mentality, stuck in the burbs. I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works, and we'll see what other kinds of trash is under the dirt. We rape and plunder the earth, sit and wonder about the worth and plate. Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served. Motherfuckers walking around here looking faceless, trying to make a living selling friendship bracelets, dead ends dragging out the max amount of payments. 
it's red down days Got them acting all bankless Yo fam, what? Check these tokenomics They probing this bear, flexing broken honest I had to lay my soul down, I'm just roasting honest And then to end a long day, 11 bowls of chronic Never known the politic, I was born to frolic It's been my policy to pollinate all over the plot We got a lot of apologists jumping in at the top We like to measure their velocity before they hit rock bottom Over impossible loss, it's all moss And I'm liking the odds, bond doing the morning Forming mycological bonds, click the cap, yo The road is highly involved, flip a coin, diary falls Motherfuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy Before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse, misrepresenting the first come first serve mentality Stuck in the burbs I'll be numbing up first Before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt We rape and plunder the earth Sit and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served Trying to figure out the max amount of dinner lace Stacked and non-toxic Just to get a better place Smacking on the hostage Like the shit is played for keeps Clowns, white knight, and all these Maybelline's They call it implausible When model after model keeps on Ripping off the coat and going full throttle beats Tearing apart your community all these low hanging fruits bearing zero liquidity Got a planet in reach, coming standard to each I'm on the back ten stargazing after the siege Commanding all the management to grab a few seats And then we'll round up the beasts and send a messenger east Y'all better sign a release when I'm bumping these beats Hands up if I got motherfuckers drumming the streets Yo, we got a few dubs, we got a couple defeats And if you're coming for the king, you better have some of each Motherfuckers, motherfuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy Before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the verbs I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt We rape and plunder the earth Sit and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served Ten spaces.